Hey, Soma Church, this is a completely different audio experience than you're used to because I am welcoming a special guest, though, and in some ways, I guess I am the guest because I am in a studio here down at Stones Crossing Church with my friend Mitch Green, who we got to know each other first through uh, Campus Crusade when I was on staff and he was a senior at UND. Yep. And now you are on staff here at Stones Crossing. I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah. What you do. <laughs> so, so I'm the missions pastor at Stones Crossing Church. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I was, I've been listening to your guys' podcast All right. and really enjoying the content. You're the one. All right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but I was telling, I was telling Kent over lunch a couple weeks ago, I was like, man, we've got some really cool gear mm-hmm. and I want you to try to use it. I'm looking and, at it all now. It's amazing. Yeah, it's and colorful, I'm like, it's beautiful. And maybe, maybe this will lead to <laughs> more quality in the way it sounds for the quality that you're delivering in your podcast. So but. just like all of you members do, is you bring me creative little things as a way to like suggest maybe you should, uh, you know, preach a little shorter. Here's a sermon that's like really well told and short. Mitch is doing the same thing. He's bringing me. Uh, ways to to subtly but very uh, overtly suggest you need better audio quality. And <laughs> everybody here is probably saying amen as they listen right now. And yeah, this, I, I don't know, I am very impressed. But either way, uh, yeah, so let's just jump into things by essentially saying, so we've been talking a lot at SOMA with spiritual formation and Mm. formation being, and really what we're trying to do, we noticed a couple years ago, we took a, um, a spiritual health survey and we had all our, our Mm -hmm. members across all congregations take the survey and a number of things stood out about it, but probably the most blaring we noticed was that people were not engaging in spiritual formation really much at all. And it was, I mean, when you do a survey, you know you're probably getting your most involved people. Mm -hmm. Every survey has the halo effect. Like, people tend to answer better than what they normally would do anyway. (laughs) And we were finding, like, it's not like people weren't doing anything. Some people were reading their Bibles. Mm -hmm. A few more, you know, a few were praying. Nobody was participating in anything like uh, Sabbath um, or, you know, like silence and solitude. Um, I mean, yeah, fasting, obviously. No, that's not American. And so... (laughs) um, and so we just noticed, like, man, like, spiritual formation, it almost seems like something we need to lean into mm-hmm. because, yeah, I, I was talking with a, a friend last night who was talking about, like, just the pendulum swinging of all things. And, like, there yeah. was, like, this pendulum swing in the last decade or so of, like, maybe a legalistic workspace righteousness away from that into, like, hey, gospel-centeredness, you know. Absolutely, yeah. Identity, which has been. And we're in that same headspace as a church, and, so for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. it needs to happen. But all of a sudden we're realizing maybe the pendulum is swinging all the way over to be like, hey, no one's actually taking any sense of like, man, I can actually be sanctified. I can actually be a yeah. person who is increasing like mm-hmm. in the image of Jesus. So yeah. So you're saying so leaning so far <laughs> into like that the gospel is, you know, the gospel is, it's all by the work of the gospel mm-hmm. that yes. their work is now done. Right. They kind of wipe their hands clean and yeah. go, okay, I'm going to live the rest of my life. And, yes. It, yeah. And Netflix the rest of my days. And yeah. <laughs> And, and I think people are growing frustrated mm-hmm. with a sense of faith and spirituality and mm-hmm. just a sense of like, okay, I feel like I, 
I, I believed and now I'm just kind of bored. And like, yeah. yes, there's like some level of like, I probably should be sharing my faith more mm-hmm. or I should be reading my Bible more. I should be doing more. It's this nebulous sense of I should be doing more without any real tools to do anything. Yeah. And, and then, so yeah, we started this large, large campaign of doing just a meta spiritual formation series mm-hmm. where we'll, we regularly go back and forth by doing a book. We're going to go to Philippians actually starting this Sunday. But then we come back every once in a while, not even every once in a while, a couple times a year with like a mini series on spiritual formation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all the setup to get awesome. you uh, the kickoff because I know you've also, again, yeah, I love that. spiritual formation. Uh, what has this experience been like either for you, for Stone Crossing? Well, or? you know, it's a similar journey personally, I would say. So I um, I started seminary about three years ago. Okay. Um, went to seminary because may, honestly – I wanted to become a better Bible preacher. I would okay. say that was my main goal. I was like, I'm going to go to Biola because I've, there's some preachers that I like. Yeah. They've gone there. They spent some time there. This will make me a better preacher. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, one of the requirements for my program at Biola is that you have to take spiritual formation courses all the way through. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I saw that and I started to take this class, I was like, this is going to be the throwaway course. <laughs> um, that was my, yeah. I mean, my first, yeah, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not interested. I don't really want to do this. I want to learn more. I want to learn things. I want. Right. I, tell me things I don't know about the Bible. That yeah. was my my like approach to seminary. I mean, it's a big book, beginning. so there's clearly yeah, more yeah. that we could like get out. Of. Yeah, so yeah. I was I was all in this like headspace of I wanted to gain knowledge. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more, and I get in the spiritual formation class, mm-hmm. um, and the first week they start talking about you know what what really is the goal. Of the Christian faith, and, yeah. and what are what are we after, and what are we trying to do? And mm-hmm. we start to talk about the language of abiding um, in Christ. Yeah, um, you know, 15. yeah, from John fifteen, yeah. and and it hits me. You know, I'm a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know, I've worked in churches for like eight years now, up until this point. Yeah, I'm um, teaching regularly, and I'm approaching the Bible in this season to gain more information, yeah. but not just to sit before God and abide in Him. Yeah. You know, and to sit under Jesus's teaching and just yeah. to, it was like, it became more about what could I learn mm. and less about just being in the presence of God mm-hmm. and being, and being present. Yes. Um, yeah. so, so that, that really began a journey for me where it really flipped. <laughs> now it became all these other courses. I, I mean, I enjoyed things uh, that I was learning. I love yeah. learning new stuff, but more than anything, it was like, man, I longed for the spiritual formation mm-hmm. where it's like, I am reading passages of the Bible, and I'm like, I just need to sit in this truth this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to abide. And, you know, and it started to even take practical effects, yeah. like you're saying, that works side, you mm-hmm. know, kind of the discipline side, where it was like, okay, what, is it, what does it look like to be a listener? Mm-hmm. You know, what does it look like to be a listener before God? Mm-hmm. You know, as someone that loves to do a lot of talking, you know, what does, <laughs> it, what does it look to be, to listen to the people around me? Yeah. You know, and how does that impact my faith? And, yeah. and so it's funny, you know, my wife will tell me, she's like, hey, like these last few years, I can tell that like seminary's really grown you. I'm like, well, y- yes, it has. But I think it's grown me in more ways than like I've just gotten new information. Yeah, It's actually grown me because it's it's reminded me that like all of this isn't to be, you know, a better pastor, a better Christian, better at my job or, you know, a better husband. Or, professional development. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Right. It's about sitting before God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that is the basis of spiritual formation is mm-hmm. like 
constantly reminding yourself, you know, what are we coming back to? So I I was just talking to a friend yesterday about some different frustrations in my life and, you know, and I'm complaining, I'm complaining, I'm complaining, I'm complaining. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, I said, you know what? There's two things here. One, all I'm thinking about is how to make these things better in these systems. Mm -hmm. What I'm not doing is saying, okay, how do I sit before God Mm -hmm. with this issue in my life? Mm -hmm. I need to do that. The second thing is like, I need to trust God that he's going to work through this. And to me, I think like, that is the the basis of spiritual formation is this principle of abiding, sitting before God, coming back to Him, mm-hmm. um, and and knowing that that is the end all be all. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is all that we're after is to sit before the presence of God. Yeah. Not not these not to accomplish all these tasks. So I, that's yeah. my long way of saying like that was kind of the transformation that I've been on, mm-hmm. um, which was like I was probably trying to learn more or try to be better. Yeah. Even sitting in a gospel centered church environment and right. spiritual formation put me in that headspace to say like let's sit before god well, <laughs> you that's know that, that's it's interesting as you say that because i i think the gospel-centered environment again one that i'm very grateful for mm-hmm. has it it says kind of the sense of like well hey like your identity is in christ obviously our our salvation is in his work not ours mm-hmm. and i think in that it, it continually uh and this is probably not the actual movement itself. I think this is maybe perversion of the movement Absolutely, that goes yeah. further and says like, so like sanctification is really not that important or like you'll be <laughs> sanctified when you die, you know, sort yeah. of thing. like you'll never, you should never expect to like reach Christ likeness mm-hmm. or even progress really yeah. on this side of, of eternity. Mm-hmm. And so I think people, it's interesting, like our, our desire to, work and grow and move forward doesn't go away. It just does what you're talking about. It's just like, it becomes like, okay, well, I just need to learn the gospel deeper. I need Mm -hmm. to do it more. And so like, it's every bit as much like a work. It's just kind of like you start hitting this governor, this frustrating like ceiling of like, okay, I feel like, uh, yeah, I've sat here and like taken every single major Bible character and figure out how they are the true and better Jesus or Jesus is the true Mm -hmm. and better them, which is a good thing. Yeah. But (laughs) uh, that's the way you should read a book like Ruth. Right. But, but there also are some practical implications in there that Mm -hmm. you can see that, Hey, this is how they're being formed by this truth in their life. Right. And and there's a a way, yeah, there's a way that I can, uh, both believe that Jesus is my, yeah, my, my salvation, my truth, all that my identity, and then also believe, but the Sermon on the Mount is yeah. calling me to something. It's not just like, oh, wow, these are just, these are, these are ways for you to realize how much you actually yeah. need Jesus. Yes. And through the spirit, he's actually going to make me someone who is actually loves my enemies. Which is why I love, um, you know, relentless elimination of hurry. I think that's what it's called. John Mark Comer's book. Yeah, but no. one, one little small thing he says in his book, which I think captures what you're saying really well, is he talks about how, you know, this is why you see so many 80-year-old Christians mm. who are the angriest, most bitter, frustrating <laughs> people yeah. you've ever been around. Yeah. Right. And it's because Shout while... Shout out to while, the 80-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not dogging you guys. <laughs> no, is it? No, no, no. But, but it's like... There is, he's like, you see people and that you see not, I mean, you see some incredible people. You see two categories. You see these people that are, you know, God honoring, incredible, faithful people that you're like, man, I want to be absolutely like them. Yeah. But then if we're all honest, we also know the people that were like, goodness, I I don't know what made them that way, but I don't want to be like that. Right. Well, like a cautionary tale. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So he says, you know, 
Well, that's because at some point they didn't have a view of how they wanted to grow in Christ throughout their life. Yeah. So, so you got these paths of two people where they are growing in Christ likeness. Both of them are in Christ. Yeah. Like we're not we're not talking about you know are they are they in Christ? Do they have that standing before God? Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about is like one of them said, "I want to grow in Christ." Yeah. And the other said, I'm just going to sit in that standing mm-hmm. that I have, and I'm never going to grow to be more like Christ on this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and I think, like, you know, I remember one time I was walking into a Reds baseball game, and this guy's holding a sign, and, you know, it's like, what happens if you die tonight? You know, we've seen those. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. see those things. And and honestly, like, it hit me. It was like, okay, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah. You know, people need to ask that. but. Right. I think sometimes the better question is like, what happens if we live tomorrow? And, <laughs> yeah, and how are we going to yeah, grow in Christ in the midst of that? Yeah. So, so I think I think that's kind. I just love that piece from John Mark Comer because I'm like, oh, that that resonates for me. Like I yeah. see angry old people that I'm like, I don't want to be like them. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. how how did they become that way? Right. Well, and then I see these people that are incredible. How did they become that way? Right. Well, often it's daily disciplines of them reading the scripture throughout their life, mm-hmm. you know, from prayer, mm-hmm. from, you know, evaluating their relationships in a way that they're trying to, to bring their, you know, citizenship in Christ before everything that they do. And mm-hmm. I don't know, for me, it's like that's the lifelong process of transformation. Yeah. So small note that's really funny. So we have a church podcast that we do. And one time yes, someone on our... Yes, plug the Stones Crossing podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but... <laughs> Not doing that at all, but this is a very funny way no, to... No, I, I, I am. I am plugging them. So, yeah, check them out. <laughs> They're doing recaps right now and sermons as well as... I mean, you guys are doing all sorts of stuff. Right? We do. Yeah, we have a missions one. We we, we do... The, again, when you get cool gear like this, you just want to use it all you the time. Use but it. Yeah. Okay, so... so um, Ariel, our connections director on our staff. Mm -hmm. So Ariel's on the podcast. And one time she's fishing for sanctification. She can't think of the word. Mm -hmm. So she goes on and she says the lifelong process of righteous formation, (laughs) which, which I was like, I was like, that's really good way to define it. But I think you just wanted to say sanctification. (laughs) But but again, that's, that's what that process looks like, I guess. And and it's like, it begins though, by saying at some point in your life that I want to grow in Christ likeness. Yeah. No, I, I think of, I have a great aunt who recently passed, but she was kind of a, a modern or a, a real life example mm-hmm. of what you're talking about, where just like you saw this woman and she into long into dementia, long into her, like really losing her memory was the most joyful human being. Mm-hmm. And... I remember the way that we realized that she is, was really starting to fade mentally was when uh, my wife and I were raising support for, for crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, we knew that she was one who supported a lot of missionaries. We reached out, you know, just asked if she'd be on our support team and help our ministry. And she said, well, you know, I would love to, but I was told yesterday that I'm giving all my money away to missionaries. And wow. so I've been taken, like, I don't have ability to give my money away anymore because it, like in her, it was both because of her forgetfulness, mm-hmm. but also just cause she's like, but I just loved it. Like she was the most yeah. generous, joyful mm-hmm. human being. And I just remember seeing her and like having, I didn't see her a lot growing up. I mean, she was a great aunt. She was in, mm-hmm. she lived in Chicago area. I lived in West Nebraska, but every time I saw her, there was just like this, you could almost like track these vignettes of seeing her a few times throughout life where you just see her this peaceful presence mm-hmm. in the midst of our family. And that didn't just come out of nowhere. It developed into what was, yeah, like the most joyful woman 
who was experiencing dementia yeah. and fading in health in every way, but yet seemed to be uh, much more of an abiding presence mm-hmm. than most other people that I've ever. And known. I think we all want that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the thing is like we all want that, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't get that apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. I think that's part of what spiritual formation is saying is that you that transformation happens in Christ. Mm-hmm. So. Um, man. And so, I mean, one of my biggest learnings in this process of kind of reading what I call the spiritual, you know, form, spiritual formation writers, I don't know what you want to call them. There's, sure. an, there's an academic side and there's all these people that write books. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's spiritual formation. Yeah. I, I think it sounds like it is. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of my biggest learnings though, is like in this age, you know, the early Christians, it's yeah. like they're, they're dying right and left, you know? Mm-hmm. So for them, it's like their their trials in their life, yeah. the things that they experience are very physical. Yeah. I mean, um, I was I was listening to something recently where they were talking about the actual creating of the monastery mm-hmm. was to create the opportunity to die to yourself. Uh, so it was to get away from the world and say, I'm going to des- die to all of my desires and myself. Yeah. Because prior to that, people were actually literally dying. Yeah. So so yeah. yeah. So to die so, so so to die for Christ was like okay, I'm you know, going to pick up my cross and I'm going to likely die for what I believe in. Mm-hmm. Um, that was most of the you know, first century Christian. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's like, okay, you know, Christianity becomes legal in Rome mm-hmm. um, and people stop you know, dying yeah. for their faith. They're no longer being killed for it, which is Bummer. so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we read that and we're like, oh, like good for them. Mm-hmm. They read that and we're like, well, no. Mm-hmm. Like persecution is how we grow in Christ likeness. Uh, that our trials are forming us in Christ likeness. So, so what began to happen was to say this process of how do I die to myself, and I die to my desires. Yeah. And so, I think in America, yeah. I think as Christians, okay, we don't we don't experience as many of these you know physical you know trials, mm-hmm. you know, we do, mm-hmm. but we don't experience them. Like we're not dying for our faith. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see that in the paper, you know, that someone died for what they believed in, yeah. in America. Yeah. That obviously happens around the world, yeah. but not happening in America. But we, we do have is this opportunity to kind of rid ourselves of our personal desires mm-hmm. and die to ourselves daily mm-hmm. and all the things that we want. And so to me, like, that's kind of the second part of the spiritual formation is to kind of welcome in this worldview that's like, you know what, like, I'm going to like not pursue all of these things outside of Christ Mm -hmm. and I'm going to die to myself. And so I I don't know. I don't, I just, I just think that's the the second significant change that was really, really helpful for me Mm -hmm. was like, again, it's, it's all about abiding in Christ, but then it's also kind of shedding off these things in myself that are not Christ. These things that I've wanted, these things that I've desired, and say, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow in Christ likeness. And then I think what you see, like you're talking about with your aunt, is you know, you hit a point in your life. I'm, I mean, I think for some people, we're like, well, those things they're no longer a part of me. Mm-hmm. They don't matter anymore. And yeah. I think that's the that's the beautiful transformation that I think we all want. Yeah, totally. I yeah, I mean, I know uh, John Mark Comer again. I think he's. A, at least a modern leading voice in this American trend of of really taking spiritual formation seriously. Yeah. And so it was like Dallas Willard, but Dallas Willard's gone. Right. Yeah. Dallas Willard probably is like the big forefather of yeah. at least the last, you know, uh, you know, 20, 50 years. Like a lot of was just like shaped by his progression mm-hmm. through, uh, you know, probably Eugene Peterson is another yeah. voice in this as well. 
but look at these guys and what's so unique about them is like you almost look at the way they live and you're like it's weird mm. but what they're really doing is they're taking these these gospel truths they're taking these truths of scripture yeah. and they're applying them to their life yeah. so like two short stories I love. there's a Dallas Willard talks about actually I think Dallas Willard doesn't talk about this but someone else writing about Dallas Willard talks about this that they're wa- observing him teaching a class one mm. time and there's a student who just you know keeps challenging him mm. over over and over again. Yeah. And the person who's observing is like, why did you not just like shut him up? Like yeah. you're one of the, you know, you're a brilliant mind. You have yeah. all the answers. And he's like, I'm, I'm Dallas Willard. Yeah. yeah. Right. Why didn't you yeah, go play that card? Could. Yeah. And right. he's like, yeah, you can do that. Instead he says, I'm practicing patience today. Mm. And I saw this as an opportunity to say that, you know what? I need to I need to practice patience. And I need to not jump over this guy. Yeah. I mean Eugene Peterson. I don't know if you've seen the stuff with like his friendship with Bono. You know, before yeah. he died, yeah. it's like he didn't know who Bono was. <laughs> there was this right. there was this separation, you know, in the way that he approaches life. Montana, he's just living up there. Right? Yeah, he yeah. just I don't I don't even know where he is, but it's like yeah. he didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And and you look more into that, and like again, the guy that's trying to write a Bible, you know, a not. Not a translation, you know, right. but he's trying to write it. Because he writes the message translation. Yes. Yeah, so he's, he's trying to write it for the modern age, is pulled himself outside of the world so yeah. much that he doesn't know, you know, who one of the greatest bands are. To when Bono wants to meet him, he's like, I don't have time for it. I don't know who he is. <laughs> right. it, I can't I, meet this Bono, man. But it, that's but, not, I'm not saying we have to do those things specifically. Right. But there's that process of saying, you know what, I'm going to pull myself outside of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of this like, Christian living in exile, you know, that this growing in Christ that at some point, some of the things of this world don't matter as much to you anymore. And I, I think there's a freedom in that. Um, You start to care, you know, about other things. I think that's what I've seen in my transformation. It Mm -hmm. became less about like, you know, how can, you know, people love my sermons Mm -hmm. and more about like, man, like, I'm falling more in love with God mm. through the text. Yeah. That was the transition, I would say. I, I think, yeah, like another Dallas Willard, yeah, I guess this is, wouldn't be a story, but like I've heard said of him was that he was not a compelling teacher. Mm-hmm. And he, they said what it was like to listen to Dallas Willard was almost like he just had a balloon and he just <laughs> let the balloon go and you just slowly watched it fade into the distance. And they said like <laughs> it was this both very slow yeah. patient, uh, but like very, you know, it was very thoughtful. I mean, it was like, you know, he knew what he wanted to say and he was mm-hmm. just gently releasing it into the atmosphere. And I've told this uh, story at Soma before that like there was also another time, uh, uh, who, Sky Jatani tells the story of Dallas Willard where like when he was a young editor at Christianity Today, he was at a conference and this was like in the height of like the Young Restless Reformed mm-hmm. movement and like there were all these uh you know, up and coming voices at this conference. And so he and another uh, editor at Christine Today kind of like, it's the breakout portion, portion yeah. of the day. So they're going around to all the rooms and just like seeing like, what are all the people speaking on? And they go to room after room and they're all like, you know, modestly, modestly full. I mean, you know, these are all your, you know, your Mark Driscoll's and probably your Tim Keller's. And like all these people are like, are, are uh, spread out. And then they come to one room where they just, they can't get into it and it's just packed. And then when they come in, it like reeks of BO (laughs) uh, because of how many people had jammed themselves in to listen to Dallas Willard. Yeah. And he's just sitting there in a very unimpressive Mm. style in a very unimpressive, you know, like he's not like just, Oh man, that's the most brilliant, Mm -hmm. profound thought I've ever, you know, I just need to think on that. Like they are profound, 
but it was more like people just wanted to be in the presence mm-hmm. of Dallas Willard because he was someone who exuded the presence of yeah. God. And mm-hmm. that was, again, not a captivating teaching yeah. style. It was more just a captivi- uh, captivating living style yeah. that just was much, I mean, people teaching, great teachers are a dime a dozen, uh, but somebody who actually looks like Jesus and smells like Jesus when they walk yeah. in the room, uh, I think is what we are more looking for. Yeah, and so I, I don't know. I just think there's there's these people that we can learn from, um, not only from their experience, but, mm-hmm. you know, the way that God's formed them, mm-hmm. you know, through through these authors. Then there's these people, you know, in our churches, in our lives. And I think I think that's the thing is, you know, for me, it's spiritual formation. And again, I'm doing it in the academic sense, and I, I get, you know, I get that opportunity that I know not everybody gets to do. But the best thing is really sitting before someone mm-hmm. and just bringing, you know, what is going on in my life, what is God teaching me? Yeah. Tying those two things together and reminding myself, you know, that the goal in all of this is abiding in Christ. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I, th- I just think it's like, that's what, man, if we all had that, like, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. You know, and we have those people in our church. You know, for us at Stones Crossing, we had a guy on staff for a long time. Uh, his name is Woody Church. Um, Woody was a long-term pastor in the area, mm-hmm. you know, been been to different places, never led his own church really, but just started some awesome you know, things, I mean, I don't even remember what's called. There's that like citizen award that you get in Indiana and like somehow you received mm. it where you're like the, I don't even remember like what's called. Like the prize called. citizen yeah, of the state? Yeah, or? of the oh, state. Oh, like oh, like wow. he somehow he got this from different ministry things he'd been doing. But honestly, I only knew him in the latter years of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I knew about Woody was that like he was just sitting before God mm. um, and man, he just exuded just this, there was this, like, when you're around him, his yeah. presence, it was like, yeah, I want to be more like that guy, yeah. you know? Like, like one time, you know, you, you would grab the door for him, and he'd be like, you go first, you're more important. Mm. And you're like, well, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, but, like, yeah. that's the way he was viewing people, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And, you know, I remember one time we had a young adult worship night, mm-hmm. and here it is, there's this older guy who's sitting in the back of the room worshiping with the young adults in our church, you know? And yeah. it's just like, there was just this presence to him, and again, it wasn't his presence. Yeah, you know, it was it was Christ, you know, through him. But again, that's because you know, constant, daily transformation, growing in Christ likeness over mm-hmm. the long haul. And I think that's like, there's probably some better definitions for spiritual formation out there. But it's like that's how it's worked for me, yeah. <laughs> you know, in growing me, you know. And it's more challenging than it's like I actually think I've got it. It's you know, right. like I said, it was just yesterday. I'm sitting with a guy like actually. It hit me on our way to meet for lunch how wrong I was approaching this, mm. you know, and it was all about fixing these systems and making these changes, and none of it was like, where's God at? Yeah. How's he trying to grow me in this? Yeah. Where is he forming me, and how can I submit this before? Like, none of that was that until after I aired all my grievances. So, you know, there's a real <laughs> growing process sure. there, too. Well, okay, so this is all great in theory for people, yeah. but obviously everybody, anybody who's like, yeah, I want that, but what do I do? Uh, I guess what, you know, just what's the process of spiritual formation look like for you right now? Like, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you learning? What are you failing in? What are you trying? What are you practicing? Uh, you know, maybe even I've noticed for myself, different seasons yeah. of life bring mm-hmm. different practices. Like some get the volume turned up and some get the volume turned down and even different seasons of the year do that. And yeah. then COVID-19, like that's a whole, like that invites a whole different mm-hmm. like set of disciplines that might be 
uh, or, or practices, you know, yeah. I know is maybe the more uh, excitable term versus discipline. We don't like discipline, but uh, yeah. So what, what are you doing right now? Or yeah. Like, so, yeah. so, so I think the rule of life language is really helpful. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen any of mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, you know, you could Google rule of life and you're going to find yeah. some different language around it, but a high level basically is taking a, a stock of your life in mm-hmm. the major categories of which you spend your time. So these are probably things like work and family and disciple, mm-hmm. and then putting all the things that you do in them and just even kind of like recognizing almost kind of like, uh, absolutely Greg yeah. McEwen's essentialism. Like your life is a closet. You can't put more in without taking something out if mm-hmm. it's totally full. And so just taking stock of what all is in the closet yep. is everything in the closet meant to be in the closet should you be taking some stuff out or putting Absolutely. more stuff in? So yeah, that's high level. Either I mean, that, that was better than I would have said it myself. I was worried you're going to ask me to describe it, but exactly. Yeah. So, so, you know, going through this process of first, you know, kind of evaluating, okay, how do you spend your time? What's going on in your life? Mm-hmm. What are your relationships like? Yeah. Um, looking at that. And then secondly saying, okay, what are the things that I want to introduce to my life mm. and, and do that in community because you'll have a tendency to want to introduce too much. <laughs> you know, you'll want to be like, mm-hmm. okay, as it relates to my family, you know, I want to be on the phone with every person every day, yeah. you know, and making sure everybody's doing okay. And that's yeah. how I'm going to grow those relationships. It's like, well, okay, if you weren't doing it at all, let's start with calling one person once a week, <laughs> you know, like like something like that. Yeah. Okay, like I want to, you know, I want to be listening to an audio book, reading a book, and I want to read through the whole Bible, you know, in the next three months. It's like, yeah. okay, like let's slow down there. Yeah. So, I think it's I think it's taking stock of your life, like you said, mm-hmm. and then it's deciding, okay, what are the things that you want to introduce back in mm-hmm. to your life? What yeah. are the things that, again, you think can grow you in Christ-likeness? Yeah. You know, what would you like to be the rule for the way that you're living your life? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think doing that in the context of community. So, so like that, so that was kind of, for me, is kind of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. You know, I've kind of done the taking the stock side. Now I've tried to introduce some things. But, but you said something that I think, this is less like very, like super practical, mm-hmm. but I think really important is recognizing that like your path may be different than somebody else's yeah. and that there's not a one track for everybody. Mm. Um, I think, again, one of the things that like we've done in church sometimes it's really hard is we create like one environment that's a, like one size fits all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in some settings we're like, okay, you know, some churches are super heavy on classes. So they're mm. like, okay, we have all these classes you can take. Where other churches are like, okay, we've got small groups. Yeah. And then other churches have really good like one-to-one discipleship models. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what what I'm realizing is that, that you need different things for different seasons, as you said. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, you know, where where for one person it may be like they really need the classroom environment yeah. right now. That's where they thrive, you know, they're not they're not wanting to be in conversation all the time or they're not ready for that and they really want to take in the information. Well, mm-hmm. for somebody else, it's like they may really need to sit across from somebody one-on-one mm. and have these conversations about how God's working in their life and work through Scripture together. Yeah. Well, in somebody else, it may be, you know, you the group environment's what you need. You know, you need to do this within the context of tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's like asking yourself, you know, okay, where are we at in that season? Mm-hmm. Where are you at in your relationships? And then it's and then it's applying principles, yeah. you know, to those things. So, so for me, you know, one of the things that I try to do is I try to always be growing and learning in something. So, um, you know, I listen. I'm always listening to a book. Mm-hmm. I'm always reading a book. Um, but I honestly, when I started this process, again talking about trying to do too much, mm-hmm. I was like, I want to read a book every two weeks. I want to listen to this every two weeks. I was yeah. like, I was like, you know what? And and honestly, the people who are kind of counseling me through this, they're like, no. 
that's 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 too much. Why don't you just say something like you always want to be reading or listening to something? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's not you're not going to get disappointed by that. Right. And I, and that's what I've done. So it's like if I finish a book, I start a new book. Yeah. You know, um, if I'm listening to a book, I start a, you know, I start a new book after it's done. Totally. So so there's some of those practical things. Um, you know, there's reading through the scripture. For me it is being in the context of community. That's mm-hmm. kind of where we're at right now. So it's who we're you know, there's a group of people, we have D groups is what we call them at our church, but it's like, okay, I'm in a D group with people. Mm-hmm. But then it's also, you know, going through this season, it's like, okay, who is that one person in my life? Yeah. You know, that when I meet with them, their sole focus is me growing in Christ-likeness. Because mm. again, you know, I imagine for the people, you know, that are leading house groups, I don't know what you guys call them in your church. Missional or communities. Missional communities, yeah. yeah. It's like, you may find yourself that like, you're doing a lot of pouring out and you've got nobody that's pouring into you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, find find someone, mm. you know, that's willing to say like, hey, most relationships, I know it's a two-way street, but I'm actually going to ask you right now, like, can we make this hour just about me? <laughs> okay. Like, like yeah. you know, yeah. like, can, can, yeah. you, can you just say for this hour you're going to pour to me? Because what I found myself as someone that was leading all these different environments, mm-hmm. um, that I did not have that. Mm-hmm. So I would desperately need that. Yeah. I would go meet people for lunch, mm-hmm. and I would, like, be there because I need something from them. Mm-hmm. Like, I need their help. Yeah. But lunch would become all about me helping them. Mm. And that happened over and over and over and over again where I was like, you know, I need to find a steady environment where there's somebody that's just like they're there to pour into me and that's mm. it. Yeah. <laughs> like like it's not mutual. Yeah. In this scenario. So so I think it's that relational side, it's that growing side, that learning side. It's the it's the evaluating, you know, your relationships, how you're spending your time, what are you doing? You know, what are the things that bring you life? Um, and, and again, it's not just like sticking your head in a book, yeah. you know, and reading forever. That's not what we're po- talking about. You know, it's all of these other things. And it is shedding some things off. It's adding some things. But I think that rule of life process is probably. I like the rule of life. Uh, what I love about it is that it really opens up your thinking about not just what are the quote unquote spiritual formation practices yeah. that I'm doing. But it instead asks, what is every single thing that I'm spending significant mm-hmm. time in my life doing? What is every significant relationship that I'm spending significant investment into? I mean, things like, I, I we sell the time, like Netflix. Yeah, how much Netflix or how much Xbox you put? Yeah. Like, guys, like Xbox is on my rule of life. Yeah. And it, like, and it it's, can, not, it's, not the, it's not there. Right, you it know? can and should mm-hmm. be. Like, it, 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 like, that itself, well, and, and I think even, like, some of the things that you're doing when you're like, you know, quote unquote, like escaping into Netflix, it's like, yeah, you're taking in, uh, you know, story and you're taking in, you know, just the idea of interpreting data mm-hmm. and all these things like that. Like, even if you just like look at it from a scientific process, you say like, there's actually benefit that you're mm-hmm. drawing. Now, if you press into that and that becomes like, you know, two thirds of every day of your life, then yeah. it's like, you're going to be malformed. But yeah, it, it, it asks rule of life basically for you to put everything on the table. And think through, yeah, like what are the joyful, seemingly non-productive things that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. But like we also, as humans, are, as you said, meant primarily to be abiding in Christ. Yeah. And therefore, our first foremost, like uh, just what we're called to do, I guess, is both to create dominion, to rule over the earth, but then also to abide in his presence. I mean, we are mm-hmm. both productive and non-productive beings. And so, therefore, yeah. I'm looking at everything I'm doing. I'm looking at what I'm doing that's productive, both in what I would call in a classical mm-hmm. spiritual sense and what might I just call, like, as a, oh, this is what I'm just doing for, like, yeah. you know, I have to, you know, get my 
kid to soccer and back. Well, and we're image bearers in Dominion. It's kind of mm. it's kind of like that piece. So so that first part is like ruling is part of it. You know, the Dominion side, but it's all done out of our image bearer. Yeah. Okay. So it's like so if you're not reflecting Christ or you're not clear on the way that Christ is calling you to live or you're not sitting before Him, yeah. It's like you're probably doing the Dominion out of just your own yeah. <laughs> desire, out of your mm. flesh. And so I I just think it's like I don't think I would ever be disappointed. Um. If I was like, I'm never going to go like, man, I was just sitting in prayer too much, or I was yeah. reading the scripture too much, or I was, I, I will be disappointed if I was like, man, I was doing too much. Mm. Like I was, I was not doing those things and I was out here, you know, trying to facilitate, facilitate all this change myself in my life yeah. or, you know, decipher how to fix these relationships. And, yeah. you know, to talk COVID, you know, super practical side mm-hmm. of this. So for me, um, you know, I found myself early on. You know, when we were in shutdown mode, mm-hmm. um, trying to track the virus. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, as a lot of people, I think, right, were, but yeah. genuinely, had, like, I beautiful mind triangles. Dude, I, and I did my own. Yeah, I was right. sitting there and I would write down. Um, I, I knew at one point in time, the population size of Italy in California, along with population density. And I was like, oh, this is what's going on in Italy. This is what's happening in California, and this is what this means for Indiana. Mm. I'm and, and then I came across this passage. It's in the middle of the Psalms. I think it's like Psalm 15. I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the Psalm, but I'll look it up here in a minute and I'll. <laughs> it. But um, I came across this passage, and it talks about thinking about things that are above us. Mm-hmm. It talks about you know you know God. I don't think about the things that are above me. I leave mm. those things to God. It's, mm. That's a very rough paraphrase, but it's something. <laughs> it's something along those lines. And it hits me as I'm doing that, as I'm just reading through this passage, praying it, that, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to decide what's going to happen with the coronavirus uh, in myself. Yeah. That is something that, man, I got to release that back to God. And then I also had to evaluate my time. Well, what's causing me to think this way? Hmm. Well, honestly, I would watch CNN, turn to Fox. One went to a commercial break. I'd watch the other. Yeah. And I was just sitting there. All of my time was engrossed in watching these things. Yeah. And it came to a spot where it's like that, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. You like somebody may be able to. Yeah. Like there may be people that they can watch those things and it doesn't affect them. Yeah. But this was warping my mind mm. to where I became so consumed with trying to find the answers to mm-hmm. what's going to happen with a virus yeah. that I'm not a scientist. I mean, I don't have the skills to do that. <laughs> and so I think this evaluating what you're doing. You know, it's an ongoing process, but it's like, for me, there was a real practical, like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like, you know what, God, these things are above me. I need to trust you yeah. with these things. So, And I need to evaluate how I'm spending my time to get me to that point. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's <laughs> you know? what I was thinking, yeah. like, if you're like looking at your rule of life, mm-hmm. your rule of life would have been like, yeah, like. I don't know what cat main category you'd put that in, but like it'd be like watching CNN yeah, all the time. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Your news or Fox. Intake. I'm not. I actually, I'm not really a guy that watches either. I just kind of like, yeah. I don't watch them regularly. But in that time frame, right. I was watching them a lot. And so, just like yeah, your your news intake uh, and the rule of life would have been probably way disproportionate to so many other things mm-hmm. that were would present a much more healthy disciple. Again, not that you would mm-hmm. shut that off and be like, I'm going to you know not take in any news. I mean. People have done that as part of their mm-hmm. spiritual formation, and that has its both positive and negative. It has its trade-offs. Yep. But in this case, you're like saying, like, I need to turn the volume down on that. Yes. And think about the other things in my rule of life, mm-hmm. in my in the closet of my life, and saying, yep. like, what do I need more of? 
Yeah. And so it's just this, like, again, it's this process of evaluating how are you spending your time, but it is living out a gospel truth. It's not, it's, I'm not just trying to fix these things to make myself better. I'm just recognizing, you know, okay, how am I living out of overflow of my identity in Christ? Yeah. And where have my, you know, there's this, there's a this spirit and flesh tension that I mm-hmm. think is very important in this understanding. You know, yeah. Paul talks about it a lot, but it's like, where am I living in the spirit and where am I diving into my flesh? Well, my flesh wants to make sure I'm healthy and okay and wants to know what's going to happen to the world. Hmm. But my spirit really needs to trust in Christ. And so it's, it's, it's leaning into the spiritual desires of myself and not leaning into the fleshly desires. Yeah. You know, which that's a whole nother. I mean, we could talk forever about that. But <sighs> What do we got timeline? Psalm 131. Oh, <laughs> By the way, way off. Way off on 15. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is the passage. It says, Oh, Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. Mm. Again, I'm, I'm hearing this right as the middle of, I got a notepad next to me. This is in the middle of this <laughs> tracking class. Tracking the density. Tra- yeah, of tracking Milan these things. Versus Indy. Yeah, and he <laughs> says, But I've calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. Literally talking about weaning himself off of the things uh, that are above him. Oh, it's like, it. it's like yeah. holy cow. And then he <laughs> says, uh, Oh, Israel, hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. And I just, I was like, holy cow, I needed to understand that that's the process I need to go through in the midst of this. Totally. So. I mean, what a powerful thing for everyone to think through in the midst of COVID of just like, I can't control mm-hmm. this at all. I like all the little things that I think are going to do to like make some impact. It's like, yeah, I can, I have personal responsibility mm-hmm. and I have some relational influence, probably much less than I think. And I certainly, most of us here have not much uh, national or global influence. Uh, very, very little. <laughs> yeah, you may. You yeah. may have. The, that's what I'm, I, 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 like, the first thing about it was, like, I don't have these answers and nobody does. I was like, well, somebody, like, yeah. somebody is tracking these things, yeah, but right. it's not me. Right. And that's all I know. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> it might not be the way that I need to form myself right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. That's good. I, I feel like, man, I, there are, like, a lot of things that we pass by all, always in these conversations. There's, like, a bunch of, like, potential exits. I'm like, oh, we could Absolutely. go off of that exit. We could go mm-hmm. off that exit. Uh, and I'm thinking back through some of them. But I guess in, in this topic, what is it that maybe either uh, we haven't hit or we've gone by? It's okay if it's nothing, but I just want to make sure that we, uh, you know, got all the, the brilliant nuggets. I don't know. I, right I, think, I think within spiritual formation, I don't know. I think that's – I don't know wh- where else I would go without fully – fully diving into something, a whole nother thing. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like the spirit and flesh stuff's really good, yeah. but uh, again, that's a whole nother, like, cause then we're even going back to that dominion piece. And we're talking about, you were talking about, you know, like, okay, we're, we're animal, animalistic, to, you know, we're spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. We're not the angels. We're not the animals. Yeah. So we're spiritual with animalistic desires. Yeah. We're this, this unique creation kind of right in the middle Yeah. and talking about trying to balance, you know, okay. So, we have, we have a soul, mm-hmm. you know, but we also have these desires. And so putting off those is, I think that's all, but that's like a whole nother. This just shows that we need to do this again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I'm like, we could talk, we could talk and we didn't talk about any of the other stuff we said. We just stayed in spiritual formation, but I right. think that's, I mean, man, we're at 40 minutes. So yeah, you know, come on. <laughs> Nobody even has a commute, uh, even close to that anymore to listen to something <laughs> like this. And you're not going to the gym. Yeah, so exactly. What are you doing? All right. Exactly. Well, if you've stuck with us on your walk or you're done prepping your food, uh, that's, yeah, I, 
I yeah, thanks for taking the time to show me this wonderful board and yeah. to give our listeners a listening experience like never before. Yeah. We're actually in a room that is got sound canceling on the walls and whatnot. I mean, this is a legit studio, uh, you know, compared to my back deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, uh, we hope this has been helpful. And, uh, yeah, Mitch, let's do this again sometime. Yeah, well, for sure, man. I'd all love right. to come back and chat again. So. All right, guys. Have a good one.